0: Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. It's great to have you back in my neck of the woods as we gather for another episode of the Deer Tracks podcast. I'm James Kibby, and this week we will be focusing on poetry that has to deal with time, the passing of time, memory, and loss. And I will explain why that is uh, just in a little bit. But for right now, I want to thank you for tuning in uh, and uh, hanging on with us, as it's been a little while since we've dropped an episode. But I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you've been enjoying the content that we've been putting down. And if you have... Uh, please do us a favor and leave a five-star rating and positive review. Uh, this really helps in expanding the audience of this podcast. And it only takes uh, a, a few minutes, maybe even less than a minute to do that. And it really does help us out. So please uh, consider doing that. And also too, don't forget to check out our blog site, DeerTracksPodcast.blog. Um, you can find the episodes there, but you can also find articles uh, written by me as well as uh, some of our guests. Uh, so head over there, deartrackspodcast.blog. And if you've got a creative work like a poem, a song, uh, maybe uh, a painting or a drawing or such uh, that you would like us to share either on the blog site or uh, on the podcast, uh, please email that to james at deartrackspodcast.blog. I uh, would love to check it out. And again, the email is james at deertrackspodcast.blog. And now, on to this week's show. So before we get any further into the episode, I wanted to let you know that uh, this episode is unscripted. Uh, I've been trying to write a script for each episode to just kind of keep everything together and and streamline everything. So that way, uh, you know, we make the most of the time. Uh, But for what I wanted to talk about with this episode... I felt it would be better if it was unscripted, so I'll do my best to stay on track, to not get off the rails uh, as much. But as I noted, it it had been a while since we dropped an episode. The last episode was uh, October 30th and that was with uh, Edgar Allan Poe. And we had delayed that release of the episode just given the, uh, the theme of it uh, so that it was closer to Halloween. And that was a lot of fun to do. I really enjoy Edgar Allan Poe, uh, his writing um, and, and reading some of his poems was, uh, was a lot of fun, including the Raven. But then there was like a two month, pretty much uh, two month more or more um, gap where I haven't posted anything either on the blog site or, uh, haven't posted a podcast episode and the reason for that was uh, the last two months have just been uh, in some cases sort of an upheaval Um, I was thrown off of my routine and um, the reason for that is is that in November my father-in-law passed away he had a long battle with cancer and uh, he lives on the other side of the state. We, we live in New York. He lives on the other side of the state. And so we would make uh, an appointment at a point uh, last year to to go down whenever we could, to just spend as much time because we knew it was, it was coming up. But we didn't know exactly when. And so we got the call um, not too long into the month of November, uh, probably like either the first week or so that he was on his way out. And so we... Uh, just threw clothes in a bag and uh, probably um, like I, I don't even think the clothes I threw in the bag were clean, I just threw clothes in there I figured I could do laundry down there but we just got the kids in the car, everything like that and it was, it was kind of like later in the day and we just head down there because we didn't really want to miss we didn't want to miss it, we didn't want to miss uh, his final moments, uh, we wanted to be there and so he, he passed away um, a few days after we got down there and um, it was tough, it was tough, and um, especially on my wife, and um, so it, it was just, uh, it, in some ways it was an upheaval of, of just the normal routine that we've kind of gotten into, um, and then going into the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, it was tough, and uh, I, I felt like I needed to just take um, a step back. And uh, just to put some of these other things down and uh, like the podcast and and some of these other things I was doing and just take a step back and really try to reevaluate my time um, and and, and try to get myself in a better rhythm and and a better routine and and also to just not trying to busy myself with so many things. So that I could be available uh, to my to my wife. So that's sort of a uh, sort of a short summary as to why you haven't uh, heard anything uh, from me in a while. So again, I thank you for sticking around. But you know, it's those kind of moments when we're faced with that, when we're faced with the passing of a loved one, and that that we it's like a sobering reflection that there's a sobering reflection about time. I mean, I'm 36 years old and while, um, it looks like I still got all this time in the world. Uh, the reality is we, we don't know how much time we really have. And, you know, it, it seems when you're young that you've got time enough, but then when you're older, it's like, you're running out. And so this first poem that, um, we're going to share is a sonnet from William Shakespeare and it's sonnet 60, like as the waves make towards the pebbled shore. And really what uh, William Shakespeare does is he just, he's talking about time and time, you know, you think about like the ripples of time uh, uh, on the water and and how time passes. And, you know, in, in one sense, it seems Wonderful. You, you think about um, a child being born a, a, in the joy of that. But then as time passes and, and time seems more cruel, that in one sense, it's a gift. But in the next sense, it's a curse to know that you are running out of time. And that's sort of what uh, William Shakespeare is sort of um, uh looking at here he's looking at time and not only the fact that time is is a gift but also time like i said is a curse and that um you know that last line that he puts in there praising thy worth despite his cruel hand that time is definitely um valuable but ultimately it comes to an end and um that's uh, that's 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 the world we live in, and so um, hopefully uh, you can find some comfort in this. But certainly, this is sort of a sobering reflection of of that. And uh, so, anyway, here is uh, Sonnet sixty: Like as the waves make towards the pebbled shore, like as the waves make towards the pebbled shore, so do our minutes hasten to their end, each changing place with that which goes before. In sequent toil all forwards do contend. Nativity once in the main of light, Crawls to maturity, wherewith being crowned, Crooked eclipses gainst his glory fight, And time that gave doth now his gift confound. Time doth transfix the flourish set on youth, And delves the parallels in beauty's brow, Feeds on the rarities of nature's truth, And nothing stands but for his scythe to mow, And yet to times and hope my first shall stand. Praising thy worth despite his cruel hand. So that was Sonnet 60, Like as the Waves Make Towards the Pebbled Shore by William Shakespeare. And I really like the subtle reference to Christ in that and to Christ's life um, in that. Um, I don't know if that was Shakespeare's uh, intent, but uh, that section where he says, Nativity, once in the main of light, crawls to maturity wherewith being crowned, crooked eclipses against his glory fight. It just makes me think about the the life of Christ as, uh, as told in the Gospels. You have the nativity account and Christ being born and just the glory of that and life coming into the world. And then I think about when it says wherewith being crowned, I think about the crown of thorns that was placed upon his head when he was crucified on the cross and how the trajectory of Christ's life uh when he came into the world was to go to the cross and it and also think that god himself who is outside of time subjected himself to time and so the cruel hand of time um god himself in the in 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 christ um was also um a sufferer, was also a fellow sufferer. I mean, the Bible talks about Christ being a man of sorrows and acquainted with suffering. And so he suffers with us. And, and, and that's, I think, one of the um, wonderful things about the gospel accounts about the life of Christ is that here is God himself suffering with us and suffering for us. Because if you know how the sort of the, the the accounts end, how the story ends, so to speak, is that Christ raises from the from the dead. He he rises from the dead, and victory over death. And I I, I think that's something that for me helps me not to be helps me not to despair. That as I uh, lose somebody that I love, like my father in law, I don't have to despair because I know that I will see him again uh, because of the life of Christ, because Christ um, subjected himself to time. He was born of a virgin. Uh, He he lived, he ministered, uh, all to go uh, to lead towards the cross, Calvary to die only to rise again, so that we can have the assurance of eternal life in Him, and so uh, I, I hope that that's an encourager to you. That uh, w- with all the things that are going on, I hope that is uh, an encouragement to you uh, this day. But uh, you know, that's the thing. This this world is passing away. Uh, we see that. We see that. Then, and, and that's one of the things about past the passing of time is that this world ultimately is passing away. The things that at one point we hold in our memory that we remember as kids, you know the neighborhood, uh, our, our childhood house, uh, whatever it is, uh, those things are passing away and those memories are passing away with this world but thanks be to God, we do not have to worry that we will just simply fade into nothingness but rather in Christ um, as Augustine uh, writes in his, his confessions in God, all are not lost because God cannot be lost. So, um, but again, everything is passing away. And, uh, this is sort of the, um, the feeling of this next poem by Edwin Arlington Robinson, and it's titled the house on the hill. And, um, again, uh, just focusing on that, Uh, you know, one point where there was life and in in that now uh, there is, uh, there's nothing. So, and this is actually a uh, Villanelle. That's the form that it's written in. It's a French form uh, that basically you have these um, uh, two lines um, that sort of alternate throughout the poem. And then uh, that start out, uh, that sort of start, And that first stanza that sort of alternates um, the successive stanzas. And then it's kind of like the concluding couplet of the poem. So uh, it's called The Villanelle, but this is uh, The House on the Hill. And again, this is by Edwin Arlington Robinson. They are all gone away. The house is shut and still. There is nothing more to say. Through broken walls and gray, the winds blow bleak and shrill. They are all gone away. Nor is there one today to speak them good or ill. There is nothing more to say. Why is it then we stray around the sunken sill? They are all gone away. And our poor fancy play for them is wasted skill. There is nothing more to say. There is ruin and decay in the house on the hill. They are all gone away. There is nothing more to say. So that was The House on the Hill by Edwin Arlington Robinson. And as I mentioned before, that poem is in Villanelle form. Uh, That's a French form where you have these uh, two lines that repeat uh, throughout and alternate throughout the poem and then come together at the end as the concluding couplet. And the lines for this poem were, They are all gone away. There is nothing more to say. And that's the thing about death. Uh, You know, death being sort of like the end of time. And when we reach that end... It just seems like there really are no words to say um, in that moment and when we have a uh, loved one that's dealing with loss. So I think about like my wife and standing beside her and no, not having anything um, to really say. I, I just couldn't think of anything at that moment. The only thing I could think of was just simply being there and being a comforting presence. And thanks be to God that death does not have the final word. But certainly when we're dealing with loss and and, and we're dealing with difficult situations and and, and something has just gone very bad. Those are those there are those moments that it's just we have no words. And I found that uh, especially when just thinking about this episode, whether or not to write a script, I just wasn't really sure how to approach these poems and, and this topic. Um, so I felt just the best thing to do was to just try to be more conversational and just really speak uh, from the heart. But it's easy for us to focus on the loss, but sometimes the healing comes uh, in time. They say, you know, time heals old wounds, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. But certainly one of the things that really helps is memories, good memories, but not just memories that we keep for ourselves, memories that we share uh, with the rest of our family, with our friends, especially of those people who we lost. So I think about um, the memories that we have of my father-in-law and uh, wonderful memories. He was a wonderful man and did a lot of wonderful things uh for folks he was a police officer and a firefighter served in his community for um, for a very long time and we have a lot of wonderful memories that we can hold on to and share with our kids and i i think that's um i think that's important but you know memory is sometimes uh, can can also we we can also think about uh, some of the bad things too and just the fact that uh, they're not here and so um, memory is one of those things that just keeps us connected and um, and so you have the good and the bad with that and uh, that sort of leads us into uh, this next poem here uh, by William Blake And the title of it is song, Memory Hither Come. Memory hither come, and tune your merry notes, And while upon the wind your music floats, I'll pour upon the stream where sighing lovers dream, And fish for fancies as they pass within the watery glass. I'll drink of the clear stream and hear the linnets' song, And there I'll lie and dream the day along. And when night comes I'll go To places fit for woe Walking along the darkened valley With silent melancholy So that was song Memory Hither Come by William Blake And what I like about that poem Is that you have this Sort of transition From you know pleasant memories Into maybe more unpleasant memories Into more lonely uh, memories And how that's there's sort of like this representation between that and say, just moving through a day that you have the, probably the more happy, more pleasant memories sort of represented in like daytime. And then as night comes, as he says, you'll go, I'll go to places fit for woe walking along the darkened Valley with silent melancholy. And when we reflect on the good memories and and we reflect on some of the things we cherish the most about the the people we love that we lost usually if we spend time on those memories eventually we sort of move to those places fit for woe because we move from just cherishing and enjoying those memories to a sort of longing and a sort of loneliness because that person is no longer with us that there's almost kind of like an emptiness you know like that empty seat at the table and i th- and i th- feel that that is that's a part of life obviously but you know it's it's tough it's tough and and but memory sort of serves both those things that there's a longing inside of us ultimately for that which we've lost and ultimately the thing that uh, we can again put our hope in to know that they are not ultimately lost is, is to put our hope in God, to know that all are not lost in God. Again, um, I referenced that earlier. Uh, that was from uh, Augustine, and he wrote in his Confessions, uh, All are not lost in God. And he was actually writing about the loss of, of a very, very, very dear friend. And uh, certainly, uh, that's the hope that we can look forward to. That's the hope that can kind of keep us. Um, from really just falling into despair so uh, hopefully um, you uh, hold on to that hope and um, anyway I'm going to move on to uh, our last poem because I feel like if I continue down this path I'm going to go on to a tangent I don't want to do that Um, but this last poem is from Robert Bridges and it's called I love all beauteous things I love all beauteous things. I seek and adore them. God hath no better praise, and man in his hasty days is honored for them. I too will something make and joy in the making, although tomorrow it seem like the empty words of a dream, remembered on waking. So that was I Love All Beauteous Things by Robert Bridges. And one of the interesting things about that poem, as he's talking about, you know, I love all beauteous things, I seek and adore them, and um, it starts off kind of just this really sort of just nice, lofty um, praise for just the beautiful things in this world, uh, but more importantly, the the beautiful things that we're able to create. I think about art, I think about poetry, music, all the wonderful things that God is given us the ability to create and, um, and just the beauty that we are able to, um, to share, uh, through those things. But what I find really interesting is that although tomorrow, it seemed like the empty words of a dream remembered on waking, because I do think that in all the work that we do and while we certainly uh, enjoy it and while, uh, We can marvel at it. We can marvel at some of the great masterpieces um, of times past. Ultimately, though, there's just a, uh, there's something about them that just doesn't seem to um, ultimately, um, I, I don't know, there seems to be something lacking. I guess that's the best way to put it. There seems to be something lacking in that. I mean, I think about, when you look out on any type of, like you look at a landscape, like a You know, you look out and you see a sunset. Um, Maybe you're at the Grand Canyon and you see the sun rise or or, or set um, over the canyon. And just how magnificent, how beautiful, just takes your breath away. And I feel like maybe there are some pieces that will do that for you. But even some of the best, most wonderful masterpieces, most wonderful creations that, uh, that human beings can put forth... It never seems to have the awe factor. That always seems to be something lacking. And I feel like that is is a sign in ourselves to point us towards a much deeper truth. To, To point us towards the thing that we were made for. The one who we were made for. And I feel that the longing that we feel when we lose someone we love, the longing that we feel when we feel that time is not enough. And when we feel like what we've done the day before is not enough. That that longing, I, I, I pray that that longing um, leads you inward and eventually upward. But that you would find that there is a piece of us, that there is something inside of us, not a piece of us, but something inside of us that is trying to draw us back, trying to draw us back to the one whom we belong to, to the God who made us, who made us for himself. And so, I. Uh, I hope that you can, um, take comfort in that to know that God entered into our suffering. He entered into our suffering. He entered into time and that he did that suffered death so that we could have a way to go back to God. Jesus made the way for us to go back to God. For us to go back and be reunited, to be reconciled with the one that we were created, that we were created for. And so search your heart, search your life, and know that ultimately the longing we feel is to be Reconciled to be with the one who made us, who loved us, who made us in His image, and I pray that you will find comfort in that. And you know, let me know. Send me send me an email. Any other questions? Any other thoughts that you have? Uh, please, uh, James at DearTracksPodcast blog. want me to pray for you uh, whatever it is Uh, let's you know let we can continue this conversation with that but I I pray that these words will um, just fill you and and, and I pray that you would seek um, seek him Um, and uh, pray that uh, like I said these uh, that you would be blessed and that even in these difficult times we have hope And, and if if anything know that because of the risen Christ, we have hope, um, even when time is at its end. So, but that about does it for me. Um, again, I hope, uh, you enjoyed this episode. Please leave a five-star rating and positive review. Also, uh, if you would like to submit one of your creative works to hear, um, on a future episode of this podcast or to have put up on our blog site, uh, you can send that to me at james at deer blog. Again, check out the blog site for uh, fun articles and um, for the, ep- you can listen to the episodes as well. There the address is deer blog. I look forward to uh, having you guys back again in my neck of the woods and uh, for, for future episodes and including um, interviews as well with creative people as we're doing that this season. So, Hope you've enjoyed the interview so far. If you haven't listened to him, you can do so. Uh, Evan Anstey and Olivia Haas were our guests, and we had some wonderful conversations. So check those out. And until our paths cross again, this is James Kibby saying take care and see you next time on the Deer Tracks podcast.